right, there we go. The magic of remembering the on button. Great to have you joining us here today. We want to say welcome to everyone joining us, people joining us from all over the country, whether you're joining us live or archived. It's great to have you here. We have a wonderful service ahead for you today. And one of the things I want to put out there is, is I'm really enjoying reading through this book, The Art of Gathering, How We Meet and Why It Matters. I think community is shifting a lot. And, and how is it that we live more and more into these new forms of community and connection? You know, I was on a call uh, on Tuesday night, and there's, there's people from Texas and, and uh, you know, Key West and New Hampshire, people from all over. And I want to, like, keep on leaning into that. How do we learn to gather together as a church with some of the new tools that we have at our disposal? I think there's a lot in terms of the art of content, you know, what is it that we present, but maybe most importantly, maybe most importantly, the most significant thing we can learn is the art of gathering. Gathering together, connecting with each other, sharing, and that's what I would love to be able to give you this book. If you're interested, you can text me at 215-740-3662, that's 215-740-3662, We'll send you out the book, and then we're going to have a meeting come November just to talk about this and talk about the way a future might look. So with that, I would like to introduce one of our resident experts in gathering, Angela. Please welcome Angela. Good morning. Uh, Yeah, just welcome. My name is Angela Cooper, and I work here at New Church Live, helping people plug in and connect. And we have a couple of exciting new things here that I just wanted to share with you. And of course, I always want to mention our newsletter comes out once a week. And if you ever want to be added to that, that's a great place to get all of this information in one spot and all of the upcoming things. And you just put your information in the chat window or um, go to our website and fill out that contact form and I'll get you added to that. Um, But we have a couple of really exciting things that I want to mention to you. One of which is, happened actually earlier this morning, but you still can view it. Um, At 9 a.m. on Sunday mornings, Pastor Chuck is leading a family worship service online. um, And we're just calling it Bible Stories with Pastor Chuck. And it's just a great way to get through the Bible, learn some of the Bible stories as a family. It's like 10, 15 minutes, so perfect for families with young kids. And it happens live on all of our platforms, but also you can go back to any of them throughout the day and you can watch it or even throughout the week. Um, It's on our Facebook page, our Vimeo page, our YouTube page. We're trying to get everything up on all of the different platforms so that you can view it however you um, watch our videos. So great way to get involved. Um, And again, that information's in our Um, online newsletter that comes out once a week, but I can also get you that information super easily. It's 9 a.m. on Sunday mornings, but again, you can watch it all throughout the week. Um, And then we're really excited about this next tool, which a few of you have been using, is we want to give people the ability to meet with Pastor Chuck and get some pastoral counseling done if that... Um, if you need anything or you just want to catch up or learn more or, you know, just get connected with Pastor Chuck. So he now has an online scheduling tool, which is going to be on our website starting tomorrow. Um, and you can schedule a meeting with him, a 15-minute meeting, a 30-minute meeting, an hour meeting just to learn more about the faith or talk to him about something you're working through or you just want to connect with him a little bit more. We want to make his pastoring something a lot of you really look forward to 
easy and accessible. So that's on our website, but again, I can get that link to you. It'll be in our newsletter. If you fill out the information on the chat window or go to our contact form, you can get that information. Um, so we hope that you'll use that feature and feel free to connect with Pastor Chuck and um, get some support if you need it. Um, and then the last thing I wanna mention is that all of the things that we're working on, everything that happens here at New Church Live is fueled by your donations. And the best way, no matter how you attend New Church Live, whether you're watching this today on Sunday or whether you're watching on Wednesday or a week from now, whether or not you're here in person or watching online, the best way to donate to New Church Live is through our online giving platform. So you can go to our website and get that information or easy enough, you can just text the word New Church Live all one word, all lowercase to 77977. And it'll come up on your phone and you can make a one-time donation or set up a reoccurring donation, which is really the best way to support New Church Live. Um, and we just so appreciate it. And it really does fund everything that we're doing here. And we're really working hard to make everything that we do here accessible to everyone and to help you connect and to support this New Church Live community. So we hope you will consider making a donation. Um, and if you have any questions about anything that happens here, you can always put your information in the chat window or go to our website and fill out that contact form. So I hope you all have a wonderful Sunday and thanks for being here. So as the musicians come out, again, big welcome to New Church Live. Now I will say, you know, I hope you make use of the, that pastoral thing. And, and I get like, I realize that getting in touch with the pastor can be an intimidating thing. And what I will promise you is you will not get any advice unless you need it and really want it. Most of the time, most of the time it's, you know, this is really hard, Chuck. It's really difficult. And most of the time I'm going to say, yeah, that is really tough. And uh, just be in a conversation with you around that, around the struggles of life. Not looking with the prescriptive, these are the easy ways out, but just looking at somehow when we connect together, sometimes when we just say it out there to the universe, to someone, it just makes a little bit of difference. So I warmly invite you to use that new tool. Again, you can access it on our homepage on New Church Live. And with that, are we ready to get going? Yeah. It is great to have folks here, great to have you folks online. Great to have you joining us any time of the week. Welcome to New Church Live. So wonderful to have you folks here today. And, and today, I can 100% guarantee you that you are going to leave church today with a smile. Because today, what we're looking at is we're looking at a better adventure, right? And a better adventure, and the subtext is because the current adventure is not a whole lot of fun. That's the hot, fine print. And how is it that we find a better adventure? How do we find an adventure that moves us, and today's theme is that moves us just from all these ideas, all these contacts we have, like all these contacts. And yet what we really crave is connection. I mean, which would you rather have? You know, 2,000 people following you on Facebook or a dozen people who you felt were really true friends? you were truly connected with? It's an interesting question. And, and today what we're gonna do is we're gonna try to look at it from a, from a spiritual perspective and talk about why those connections are so important and actually look at how we do that. We're gonna have a volunteer from our studio audience who's gonna be joining me towards the end of the service. And we're gonna actually practice this. And then if you're interested in practicing it even more, you can join me on Tuesday night to even go through a little more practice. Because it's a practice, folks, that just, it brings joy. 
Yesterday, I had a wonderful wedding for a parishioner who I first met when she was a teenager. And the theme I picked was a real beautiful one. All joy is remembering. All joy is remembering. And that joy of remembering the common ground, that joy of remembering what we share, that, that joy of remembering other people's souls is, is incredibly contagious. And I guarantee you're going to leave here with a smile today. So are we ready to get started? So with looking at this and, and looking at how we, how we take a look at it, I, I want to talk about what, what some of the challenges are with life and some of the challenges are with, with, uh, with, with moving forward in the current time when we are. Because it's, it's such a unique form of challenges that we face. Again, a time of a whole lot of contacts, but on another sense, much less connection. And there's all kinds of statistics to bear that out. And one of the parts that's interesting to me that, that I do a lot of thinking about, because I, 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 think, I think there's something here for us to pay attention to, is, is this idea of mega identities. So, so we're living in a time right now where actually, and, and this is not a political commentary at all, it's just a statement of, our, of our, where we are as a culture, that our political identities have now become more significant than our religious identities, than our spiritual identities. There's, again, all kinds of studies that show that. So we end up with these mega identities, these mega identities of this is exactly who I am and this is exactly who they, and you can fill in the blank there, whoever they is for you folks, this is exactly who they are, and, and, and we feel that we understand this one the whole way down to the basement floor, and then we understand this the whole way down to the basement floor, we understand everything about ourselves and our identity, and we understand absolutely everything about the other person and their identity, down to the very core. Now, folks, can we really know people that well? You know, we can't. We can't. And mega identities lead to mega judgments. Mega identities lead to mega judgments. And what can happen, and I like this phrase, what can happen is we can start to engage in what one author called weaponized belonging. I like that phrase. You know, so, so I belong here, and so much of belonging here is being against them. Again, whoever them is. So we've weaponized it. And I think there's a much more beautiful way to, to see the world. Because when we weaponize belonging, I think this New Yorker cartoon says it well in terms of yeah, this is kind of the wine we're drinking. It's a full-bodied wine with hints of acrimony, partisanship, and moral outrage. And, and, and we, can, we can be drinking that. You know, we're like addicts who keep on drinking, drinking, drinking that. And, and then it gets into this crazy cycle of outrage. We're like, well, you're outraged, so I can be more outraged than you're outraged. It's just like crazy-making. Crazy-making. Now, folks... Please listen carefully what I'm about to share. That's its own form of slavery. That's its own form. We're going to look at a story here about slavery, about our, how we can enslave ourselves to certain perspectives. And, and that's its own form of slavery, its own way of taking away our freedom, our freedom to really experience other people, our experience to really learn from other people, our experience to really connect with God because God's in everybody. Every single one of you here is a finited form of God's love. 
Just think about what that means. A book, Divine Providence, talks about how we're all made and God is in it all. Like literally, in it, in you, in me, in, in everyone. And that's the shift we're going to talk about making here today. Like, like how is it that we shift the conversation away from weaponized belonging, away from mega identities, into a very different kind of mega identity? No longer plural, but singular. The family of humanity. And we're going to look at specific ways in how to do that. Now, it's interesting, again, with, with this idea of those things that we're enslaved to, and here you can think of, of addictions, and, and they can be addictions to judgments of other people, addiction to uh, these mega-identities, whatever they might be, and, and, how, and how the Bible talks a lot about that. And we've been looking, and again, if you're joining us for the first time, you're welcome to go back a couple of weeks and, and take a look as we talked about this. And we talked about this beautiful picture here, which was the crossing of the Red Sea. Now, now, the background of this, we talked about two crossings, and it starts with this idea, here are these people who are enslaved. And think there, think in your life, like something that has enslaved you. And they're pushed out of that enslavement out of fear. So we're pushed by fear, sometimes by serious consequences that are really hurting our life. And so we're more driven from something. And then as we're driven from something, we, we see God. God's doing the work here. We see God kind of open away. He parts the Red Sea. We're able to move forward. And then once we move forward, there's a second crossing. We're no longer being pushed from. Listen to this beautiful, beautiful way to see it. It's a place where we start to get what we're pulled towards. What are we pulled towards? What's the vision? What's the catch? And we talked about that a couple of weeks ago. And then once that vision starts to cat, get, get a catch, we start to see battling. Um, and I'm not talking literal warfare here. I'm talking the battles in our own hearts and minds and souls and communities. We start to see battling a little bit differently here. It's not that first battle where God has handled it all and God's just asking us to be still. That's part of it. There's an and to that now, and the and part is now we've got to do our bet. We've got to roll up our sleeves and do our bet. And as we looked at last week, remembering all the time, not the touchdown signal, but, but the pointing to God. That pointing upward, that be still and moving at the same time. Such a beautiful thing when we put those two together. So we have two crossings. We have two battles, and now we're going to take a look at two warnings. Now, the warnings here, I think, are incredibly fascinating. And I, and I never, this never occurred to me, and I, was, I love reading, you know, the really, there's so much great spiritual literature out there. And, and from the Jewish tradition, Rabbi Jonathan Sachs does as good a job as anybody putting it out there. And he, he made this beautiful word study that I never, I never had thought of it. But as soon as I read it, I thought, ah, that is so beautiful. And it's this idea. And this gets to the warnings. God, God makes the world, and he makes it good, very good. Not perfect. Real important to remember that. Good and very good. And then he has two warnings. It's only, only these warnings only happen twice with, this, with these particular words. 
He says there's good. And then twice in the Old Testament, he says, yeah, and this is not good. Or it's part of the Bible. We're not going to only show up twice. And it's fascinating the way it shows up. Now, the first time it shows up, this not good, this warning number one was from Genesis 2. This is the Lord talking to Adam. This is the Garden of Eden. For those who aren't familiar with the Bible, this is the story of creation. It's the very beginning of the Bible. We regard this story as a beautiful poem, not as literal truth, but as poetic truth. And this is what gets said. The Lord said, it's not good for the man to be alone. I will make a helper suitable for him. So that idea of, you know, God saying, yeah, we, 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 it's not good for us to be just alone, just by ourselves. And, and think of it this way, folks. Like, how many of us enjoy on occasion having time alone? Raise your hand. It includes those of you on the audience, because out, out on the internet, because I'll be able to see you. And, and then just think, how many of us enjoy being lonely? <laughs> you know, all the hands go down. So that idea of, right, that, that we can have these times where, yep, it can feel really good. It can feel really good to just have time alone. And yet that feeling of loneliness, that doesn't work. I think that's what this is talking about. It's not good to have that. And, and that we need to have these connections with other people. And somehow those connections matter a lot in our lives. Uh, yesterday at, at that wedding, you know, we, we gathered with a, for a family blessing, and there's grandparents through grandchildren there, and it's like, yeah, that's it. It's not good for us to be lonely. It's good for us to understand that we are part of. There's just something that resonates so true with that. And then we see that phrase, not good, show up again. And this is the context. So the context here is Moses, who's the leader of the people at this time. They've made this crossing. They're going through the wilderness. Now we're picking back up on that Exodus story. And, and they're moving along. And Moses, all of a sudden, he has gotten too into multitasking. That would be our language today. He's got about a million balls in the air. He's trying to do way, way, way too much. I think probably a lot of you should listen to this story very carefully. Because we can do that, right? It's, it's easy to kind of wear overwork as a badge. You know, if somebody asks us how we're doing, um, you know, you think about it, folks. Somebody asks me how I'm doing. I always feel this urgency to tell them, wow, you know, I'm, I'm really busy. I, I don't feel an urgency to tell them, you know, today was just an easy day. It was peaceful. There wasn't much going on. We, we sort of have this propensity to be busy and to search to be busier. And that's, again, where this is saying, oh, that's not so good. So let's take a look at that line here, folks. This is his father-in-law, Jethro, and this is what he says to Moses. What you are doing is not good. You and these people who come to you will only wear yourselves out. The work is too heavy for you. You cannot handle it alone. So there's a clear, there's a clear message here. Like, and, and again, folks, you have to remember that, that these were oral traditions. People would have heard these stories. They would have heard them through. So they would have picked up on these nuances of language that I don't think we pick up on today with chapter and verse. And the message, maybe the message stream would have been, okay, so it's, so it's not good to be alone as in like loneliness. 
And it's not good to think we can do it all alone. So as the musicians come out for a middle song here, think about what that means, right? Like, where's that showing up for you? Where are you really believing, buying into the racket, that, that really you're the only one who can do it? Where can you expand that out? Where can you bump that out? Where can you make a better adventure starting from that place and come to a point where, where maybe we start to understand this connectivity differently and live into it differently in a world that so badly needs that? And when we come back, we're going to start steering towards some real specific things that all of us can do that will move us along that path. Wow. Just wants to be able to dunk a basketball and hit that note. That's all I need. That's beautiful. So let's build a bridge. Let's build a bridge. Let's talk about a better adventure. Let's talk about a way of doing it differently. Let's, let's talk about what maybe the meaning of these stories can be, and not just the meaning, but the application. Because here we see a, a couple of beautiful parts of, of how did this sort of alone thing get solved. Well, the alone thing gets solved poetically. Adam gets, gets somebody who's to help him. That's Eve. Again, it's a poetic, beautiful piece. Partner, community, connection. And the same is true for Moses, a man who's way overtasked. And this is what, this is what happens. This is the solution to it. I'm going to read this. It's a short section here, and this is what his father Jethro gives him. This is from Exodus 18. Teach the people the decrees and the laws, show them the way to live and the duties they are to perform, and select capable people from all of them, people who fear God, trustworthy people who hate dishonest gain, and appoint them as officials over thousands, hundreds, fifties, and tens. Have them serve as judges for the people at all times, but have them bring difficult cases to you. So it's delegation. I mean, that's, it's, just, it's just as simple as that. It, and folks, why is it so important? Like, why does it matter that we start to break out of this? This, 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 this pattern we're all in of mega identities and, and weaponized belonging. And, and why does it matter? Why does it matter? It's hard to really understand love. I think, if we're hunkered down in our different bunkers. It's hard to understand community. It's hard to understand how heaven really works. Like heaven works based on communities, based on this idea of the grand human, where we all play our part. It's hard to do that in the times we're in right now. It's hard to even say that in the times we're in right now, because so often the first conversation is trying to figure out which side you're on of whatever. And it's important to remember this. This is from Thomas Merton, a beautiful line. And I would take a picture of this. You cannot love and live on your own terms. You cannot love and live on your own terms. To be a loving person entails really understanding others. To be a loving person entails really doing the best we can to serve others. It's a very different kind of perspective. And this is, this is one of those quotes, folks, that, 
that when you let it really sink in, like, you know, I read this quote, you know, probably a couple months ago, and it just keeps on getting deeper and deeper and deeper. Because everybody wants to be a loving person, deep down. I mean, really, I've never met anyone who's like, Chuck, you know what, the loving thing, not for me. I don't want to be loving at all. It's, it's part, it's, it's, an, it's, a, it's a desire that we all share, how to be loving, how to be loving, how to be loving. And that's what will start to move us to a different place, from just contacts into connection. Now, part of that, folks, and this is what I'm about to share with you, you know, as, as we were going over this with the sermon writing team, it's, it's a simple concept. It's so simple that it's easy to just fly by it like at a million miles per hour and not actually allow it to, to enter into our hearts. And that's this concept. True connection is about discovering common good, focusing, excuse me, discovering common ground, focusing on the common good. That's so incredibly important. It's easy, of course, to stand in a place where I think like, all right, so, so I'm going to find the common ground, but I'm just going to find the common ground within people who I share everything in common with. That's not necessarily common ground. That's sharing your allegiances. And I think we're actually asked to step into a different place, a different place where, where we actually go deep enough in our conversations deep enough in our conversations to really, really see what the common ground is with humanity. And it takes curiosity. It takes listening. Again, that always old thing, that, that listening piece where we're truly listening. We're not listening with our agenda, just waiting until it's our turn. We're listening to really listen for what that common ground is in the other person. And you'll know it right in your heart. It'll go right to your heart. I want to tell you, show you an example of, a, of an exercise we did, and then we're actually going to, going to do this with a volunteer. It was a small group I had a few weeks ago, and it was just about finding common ground. It was a, was a hybrid small group meeting. We were all sitting around a table having a beautiful meal, and there's some people there online joining us as well. And, and what we did was we randomly just picked names. So all of us had a, had a, a name that we weren't sharing, but we had a name of someone in the group. There were nine of us there. And then we each took a turn. We picked up that name, and I'll just use the fictitious name of Tim here, and we would say, okay, Tim, tell me a story about joy. And then Tim would tell a story about joy. And then that would get shared around. It was, it was profound. You know, my buddy Mark actually gave me that exercise. And it worked incredibly well just to watch people sort of just like, oh yeah, there's this huge common ground that we all share. So with that, I would like to practice it. Please give a warm round of applause to welcome my friend Bill to the stage. A lot of space. <laughs> a lot of space, good to see you, Bill. Bill, I'm just gonna let you introduce yourself to everybody here. Okay, I'm Bill Cronin. I'm from Sarver, Pennsylvania, on the other side of the state. My son goes to school here at ANC. I went to school at ANC. Right. I'm a member of the church in uh, Sarver. 
Great. Soros Chapel. Soros Chapel, yeah, right. which was built right on... across the road from where Chuck grew up. That's right, and it used to be our old cow pasture right there. Yep. So it's great to have you here, Bill. And and I told you I just wanted to just have you share a story here, and I'm going to pick the moral virtue of courage. Okay. Of courage. And Bill, can you tell us? Yeah, take a breath. Can you tell me, tell us a story about courage? Uh, sure. Courage. So when I think of courage. Um, takes me back to something I think the Lord put in front of me like 27 years ago when I was working with some high-functioning, mentally retarded folks, and uh, I watched a gentleman have a seizure. I watched him have them over and over and over again, and I was, it's really dramatic. And it was really, uh, it's really hard to watch. Lo and behold, he was just setting me up for, when I was in the hospital holding my own child, having a seizure, and uh, the courage that, that you see in your child you know, going through something like that, and as a parent, you know, dealing with that, and then you're out here and you're watching a football game, and you're talking to your classmates, and you're reminiscing about guys that were in the Phi Alpha in the dorm with you that are no longer here because they had something even worse. Yeah. And everybody has their own things to deal with, and courage comes out in a lot of different people, but it's common. Everybody has something they're dealing it's with. Good. Our good friend Karn. Yeah, yeah. You know, yeah. The Lord, uh, the Lord puts challenges in front of everybody, and uh, you have to show courage. Everybody shows their own way of dealing with it, and it's there's never a wrong way of dealing with yeah. it. Yeah, well, it's beautiful. And Karn, for those of you who don't know, she was a member of our congregation who passed a few few years ago. And Bill, when you when you think about about that idea, of courage, it's a beautiful story, by the way. Like, if you were to say, okay. This is what I'd really want people to know about courage. What would you really want people to know in a sentence or two about courage? You said this is going to be easy, Chuck. Yeah. <laughs> um, courage is in everybody. I mean, my, my thought is that courage is in everybody. And everybody has the ability to, to handle adversity. And when the Lord puts that in front of you, you'll step up and, and do it. Um, and you're not doing it because you think somebody's watching you. You're doing it because... It's inside you. Um, you're raised, you know, and hopefully given uh, guidance from the Lord how to handle things like that. I, yeah. I'm not, Bill, that's not an expert on courage. That's beautiful. <laughs> you are an expert on courage. Give Bill a round of applause. Thank you, Bill. That was beautiful. That was exceptional. Thank you, Bill. And, and folks, can, can, you, like, can you hear it there? You know, I love the way that Bill sort of, you know, what it, well, everybody has courage. You see that? That's right into the common ground. And see, from there, we go right into the common ground, and then we can talk about how to serve the common good. Or we can argue over here. <laughs> which, which world do we want? Which world are we going to commit ourselves to live into? What can that look like? I mean, Bill's conversation probably was two minutes, and there's a lot of you right now go like, wow, I really know Bill. Because you hurt his heart. And there's no doubt that resonated with a common ground inside of you. That common ground part, that is touched by God. That is blessed. I think that's where he says, yep, it's not good for you to be alone. It's good for you to connect like that. 
because that really matters. Now, here's a part I love, a piece from the book, True Christianity. And it says, when we serve in the ways we love, our love grows, and along with that comes wisdom about. All right, so, so we serve, God stirs loves, we learn to serve, our love for that service grows, along with that love that's growing comes wisdom about. And, and I would think that the answer here would be more solutions, or the right answer, or any, you know, we, you can pick anything, right? Like, more love begets more wisdom, more wisdom, and all of a sudden, like, ta-da! Well, this is the ta-da. When we serve in the ways we love, our love grows. And along with that love comes wisdom about how to involve others, how to engage others, how to connect with others. That's the wisdom that we need more of. That's the wisdom I think we're all called to live into more and more. And when we do that, when we, when we live into that, again, this story of Exodus goes on, and, and here's Moses, and Moses does it, and he, he, he learns to delegate, he learns to allow a lot of people to be part of the decision-making process, he learns about community is essentially what he's learning. And this is how the story goes on. Share your load, and that will make it easier for you. This is his father-in-law talking. If you handle the work this way, this, this is so good. This is so good. You'll have the strength to carry out whatever God commands you. And the people in their settings will flourish. When we do the work to come back to the common ground, serving the common good, not only will it give us much more strength, but it will help other people to flourish those in our lives to flourish. It's, it's not the easy, simple answer. It's, it's much quicker to just do it by ourselves and much more American, frankly, you know, to just do it by ourselves. But that's not what the call is. That's not the better adventure. The better adventure always takes us. And that's where we see, look at this line, folks. That's where we see the shift from not good to good. Those parts where God says, yep, this is not good, this is not good, back to this part where he says, yeah, and this is good. Common ground, common good. That's where the people will flourish. That's where you'll be okay. That's where we'll be able to make a difference in the world. Now, to close today's service, I want people to understand, you know, just that common good. I said all joy is remembering, and it's, it's like that. Get, I want to I do something, and Marcus is the one who really gets credit for that. Marcus is our, our sound and tech guy here at New Church Live. You know, I really want to, like, touch that part of that shared joy that we all share, that shared connection that we all have. And it was interesting. I put out there on, on Facebook, what I wanted to do was I wanted to show one picture of, like, somebody smiling, so I, I you know, just closed the service, so I put it out there on Facebook. I had 75 families, something like that, send in pictures from all over the place, congregates from everywhere, with, with just these smiling pictures. There's no way you're going to be able to watch this without giggling at least a little bit. 
And I want, I want you to feel that joy as God's movement in you. I want you to feel that joy, please, as, as just this reminder of this connection that God's calling us to. Please live that. Please think about it. Please find a way to make it true in your families, in your community. Please help us to make it the most true thing about this church. Take a look at this video and enjoy. So hopefully that brings a smile. And, and that's a great way to close the service. Again, like just, just feeling that common ground, feeling that common good. And knowing and thinking of the worlds we build and we come from that joy. And of course, like when we set joy in front of us, that doesn't mean that life isn't hard. Of course it's hard. Newsflash, we all know that. But there's a joy at the core, and there's something we can move forward with. As we always say here, there's something we can move forward with together. Amen. What we're going to do now, folks, is I'm going to offer a prayer, followed by the Our Father prayer, followed by a blessing, and then we'll, we'll close with our last song. So please join me in prayer. Lord, thank you for your presence here today. And Lord, help us to continue more and more to find a better adventure, to lean into a better adventure, to lean into the way that can look and feel and can be. Help us to move deeply enough into our conversations with others, that we give up searching for ways to be right, and we instead search for ways to connect. Ways to connect around the common ground we all share, given that we are all your children. And allow that common ground then to give us new eyes to see ways to serve the common good. Thank you for your presence. Thank you for all those gathering in person and online. Be with us. Be with us, Lord in the weeks ahead. Amen. Our Father, who art in the heavens, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, as in heaven, so upon the earth. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our debts, as we also forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious unto you. May the Lord lift up his countenance upon you and bring you peace and bring you home. And a final invitation to everyone. If you want to keep on working towards this common ground, if you want to see what that actually looks like, I want to invite you, a very special invite to all of you gathered here today or those gathered online, to join us on Tuesday night. What you can do is you can text in, just send me a text, yep, Chuck, sign me up for 7 p.m. or 8.30. And what we're going to do is we're going to just get together, we're going to talk about this. We're going to do this little common ground exercise you saw me do with Bill here. We're going to do it with each other. We're not just going to leave it as a theory. We're going to practice it Tuesday night. Warmly invite you to do that. Again, if that interests you, just shoot me a text, 
740-3662. Wishing you folks a blessed week ahead.